0: Daily Gazette Company presents the Parting Shots podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Shot. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots podcast. Available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, and it's our weekly talk with Union uh, Men's Head ice hockey coach uh, Josh Algie. Josh, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Well, let's look back at the uh, last weekend. Pretty good one for the uh, Garnet Chargers, earning earning five points and getting a 5-1 win over Clarkson on Friday and the winning in the shootout against St. Lawrence to earn the extra point after that game ended in a 2-2 tie. I mean, how important was that, especially coming off the, the previous weekend where you only got one point in that Brown-Yale matchups?
1: Yeah, I, I felt like the weekend before was a, you know, a disappointment for the group and, you know, um, obviously we had some, you know, internal obstacles to overcome with some illness and, um, you know, guys got a chance to step up and then, you know, the, the whole group to be able to come back and step step up for us uh, this past weekend was huge. Uh, we needed those points and, you know, you, you gotta make sure you're banking points at home.
0: Well, let's start with that Clarkson game. Uh, there was a special teams was the story of the, of the game, played a major role, power play scores three times, including scoring on two major power plays. The penalty kill was six for six and got a highlight reel goal from uh, a shorthanded goal from Carter Corpy in that second period that gave Union a 2-1 league. I mean, how big were the special teams in that game?
1: Yeah, it was a difference. And I mean, when you look at it, um, the first period, they kind of had maybe a little better of the play and Kyle kept us in the game. And then our special teams gave us a spark. That penalty kill goal really got us going. And then, you know, the power play goal to put us up 3-1 right before the end of the second period. So um, special teams were huge.
0: What was your reaction to Corpy's goal, the way he undressed the Clarkson defense on that one? (laughs) You know, it was,
1: uh, he's just, you know, done some things this year, especially on the kill that you just kind of like, you know, opens up your eyes. And, um, you know, he's as dangerous of of a goal scorer as there is when he's in all alone.
0: And that was Corpy's third shorthanded goal of the season. The second straight Friday uh, he had one. And that the three uh, shorthanded goals of the season are the most in the season since Mike Vecchione he had four in the uh, 2016-17 season. And four is the record for more, most shorthanded goals in the season. A record shared by Vecchione, Nathan Gillies, and Chris Albert. Do you think uh, Carter can uh, maybe tie the record or even surpass it? Yeah, you know, I think he puts
1: himself in a, you know in in spots to you know. You know, the system sort of creates the opportunity is, is kind of what we talk about on the penalty kill with Coach Childs. And, um, you know, Carter puts himself in a good spot. And, um, you know, again, like as you kind of mentioned, if he gets in all alone, he's he's pretty dangerous. So um, hopefully he gets some opportunities. If he's in the, in the same company as Vax, he's in a good spot. So yeah. um, excited for him that he's there.
0: I mean, do you encourage players like Carter to create chances while shorthanded? And how important is it to create chances but not shirk that uh, penalty killing responsibility? Yeah, you know, at at times,
1: uh, you know, special teams, uh, power plays can kind of, you know, take their foot off the gas as far as the defensive responsibility. So um, we want to really press if we can and and push teams to make mistakes. And if you do, um, you know, a lot of times you end up with, you know, odd number chances. And and that's kind of what you've seen with Carter.
0: You also had a kill off a two-man disadvantage for two minutes at 7 one of the third period when Brandon Burr got called for elbowing and Nate Hanley was whistled for boarding. Uh, Union killed it off. I mean, how big was that?
1: Yeah, it was huge, like just not to give them any, any any spark. And, you know, they're a pretty dangerous team, and they play, you know, um, you know they got the feel-good mentality when things are rolling for them. They can really, really hurt you. So to, you know, be able to kind of squelch their offense and just, you know, not not give up anything was, was huge, and um, it, it actually gave us a huge momentum boost. Yeah.
0: And that first major power play Union received late in the second period resulted in a John Prokop power play goal, which made the score 3-1 with 45 seconds left in the second and then Brandon Burr gets a power play goal early in the third. And on another major power play, Billy Eamon scores. I mean, how critical was it to take advantage of those power plays and, in particular, the major uh, power plays? Yeah, th- those are so
1: key just because, you know, when you get one, you know, you still you get another opportunity and you can really kind of, you know, just press the game and really push a team. So, um, you know, if you if you don't get one, it can be a big big letdown, and you know it can kind of bring your bench down. So, um, you know, for our power play to step up, it was it was big.
0: Yeah, you had three power plays prior to that. The first one looked good, uh, but then the next two seemed to be, you know, raggedy, couldn't get set up in the zone. So be, it, to be able to, you know. It's, to get the next three, you know, three three to four chances there and score those goals. I mean, how big was that to you know, get settled in, in there and then uh, get those goals?
1: Yeah, I think it gives us a, a, a big jump. And, you know, like our entries were, um, you know, pretty stagnant when, you know, we're standing around not running and finishing our routes on, on entries. And, um, you know, you want to possess the puck when you enter on the kill or on the power play against their kill. Um, but if you don't, you got to put it in a spot where you can retrieve it, and then run routes to make sure that you can, uh, you know, get that puck and get set up.
0: Yeah. Well, well, we'll take a little break here. We're going to talk about the St. Lawrence game and look ahead to this weekend's games at Dartmouth and Brown. After the break, you're listening to the Parting Shots podcast. It's the most historic conference in college hockey. It's a battle night in and night out. ECAC hockey. An iconic conference home to 12 of the most prestigious universities and programs in the world, and showcasing the best student athletes in the sport. Top-notch facilities and arenas, incomparable traditions, passionate fans, alumni who go on to become elite professionals, leaders, and champions. ECAC Hockey, there's no experience like it. Hi. I'm Daily Gazette news columnist, Andrew Waite, and host of The Weighing In Podcast, which takes you inside my award-winning featured news column by offering the backstory, thought process, and interviews that inform my work. Plus,
1: readers have their chance to respond. The Weighing In Podcast is available at dailygazette.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: If you really wanna know what's going on in your community, you have to read The Daily Gazette. We don't take a side. We're right down the middle and we're going to get to the truth. Our reporters and photographers are out in the field bringing you updates every minute with trust, accuracy, and integrity from the first page to the last page, independent, probing journalism. We're finding out what's going on in communities where nobody else is covering. It's who we are. It's what we do. Want to get all the latest news from the Daily Gazette on your phone or tablet? We have an app for that. The daily gazette app allows you to read all the newspaper stories and columns from our dedicated team of journalists the app is free you can download the app from the apple or google app stores hi this is union men's hockey alum scott boyd you're listening to the parting Shots podcast with daily gazette sports editor ken shot welcome back to the podcast uh josh algy union men's hockey coach joining me here on our weekly talk Let's go back to the St. Lawrence game. Uh, Kind of an interesting game. Uh For the second straight game, you had to kill off another 5-on-3 for two minutes. You also had to kill off two major penalties after defenseman uh, John Prokop and Nathan Kelly were ejected for um, um, major penalties. The Saints scored twice on the Prokop first period major, but then the Gardner Chargers killed the Kelly major. 17 of the 29 shots uh, goalie Kyle Shaw had faced in that game came on eight uh, St. Lawrence power plays. How would you assess the job the penalty kill did in that game?
1: Well, I I thought they did a nice job. Um, You know, you look at the the goals we gave up, um, you know, I think we we made, uh, you know, a couple miscues as far as just um, picking up, you know, the open player and just our stick positioning, which allowed them to get, you know, a quality shot. Um, Kyle couldn't do much on those. And uh, when you lose John Prokop, I mean, it catches everybody off guard, and that that was tough. I mean, he's, you know he's the heartbeat of the team and, you know, really important player. And, um, you know, we kind of felt sorry for ourselves, but we were able to, you know, fight back and push back and, um, you know, kind of overcome that. And I thought, um, you know, we were, were able to respond and, you know, you lose another defenseman and Nathan Kelly, we were able to kill that one off. And, you know, some guys got a lot of minutes and it was a good experience for him. And we learned how to play without, without John. And obviously, you know, we want him in our lineup and, but at some point last year in the playoffs we lost them and and that was that was hard for us to respond we didn't respond well so a uh, good experience for us that way.
0: I mean how important was it looking back on now addressing seven defensemen for that game because he you know lose two we still have five.
1: Yeah I, I think that's you know you can kind of survive if you lose some forwards but when you lose you know if you have 60 and you go down to four it is really tough um if you have you know 12 forwards and you go down to 10 you can kind of handle it so um we, we like to dress 7, but you know at times you want to get a 13th forward in, so um, luckily for us, we had 7-D in.
0: I mean, shortly after killing off the uh, Kelly Major, uh, Chad Smedrud scored to tie it at 2, and that score remained that way through the rest of the game. It goes to a shootout, and uh, Carter Corpy and Nate Hanley score, and uh, Chauvet stops the two shots he faced, so the Gardner Chargers get that extra point. Uh, did you feel the momentum swing the team's way after killing off the Kelly penalty?
1: Yeah, I, I felt like you know, we we really had the momentum, and we get that goal, and, and things were going kind of our way. And you know, like the the next ten minutes, we had all the scoring chances in the you know in the third period, the first ten, and um, yeah, I, I felt like that game was ours for sure. Um, unfortunately, we weren't able to get one, and. Um, you know, but we did did find a way in the shootout.
0: Yeah, Hanley scored the game's first goal, his second of the season, and first in scoring at Saint Lawrence on November 10th. He's a good playmaker. His 13 assists on the season. He was second in scoring last season. I wrote about him in my column because he's such an interesting person. Because he doesn't say much. <laughs> Is he like that in the locker room? Yeah, I think he
1: picks his spots. And you know, when he's really comfortable and with the guys, he's he's a lot more talkative. I think around you know the coaching staff, he's a little more you know reserved and quiet. Um, but he, he is really funny. He's really intelligent, and he's uh, you know when, when he speaks, everyone listens. Yeah, how good of a playmaker is he? I, I think he's he's an elite playmaker. He's he's got the ability to see things that you know. I, I sometimes I got to rewind something on video because I I just you know I, I definitely didn't see it. So he he's really talented.
0: Yeah, I was gonna. I, I think I asked him uh, at the post game press conference, but and then I looked it up afterwards. He's actually leading the team in shots on goal. So is it just a matter of him trying to do a better job finding the the, the net?
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he that surprised me because I mean he he can finish. I mean, he has that ability and he's somebody that, you know, if he has he has time and space, I think he's going to put it in the back of the net and I think, you know, I just think he's really a focal point of a lot of teams and and they re- are really really hard against him.
0: Yeah, he was one of your first uh between him and John Prokov, he was, they they were your first two recruits when you after you got hired, right?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, him and, and Corpse. Corpse uh, those yeah, yeah those yeah. three were like kind of within the first couple of weeks and um yeah, I got got really lucky with those three guys cuz I mean that that class has been outstanding for us.
0: You think? Do you think they can be a double-digit goal scorer down the line?
1: I mean, I, I believe that. I think all three of them have a chance to play after you know after college, and are guys that are going to you know take this program you know where we want to go, and you know, hopefully that's this season.
0: All right, right, so let's preview this weekend's uh, ECAC hockey games. The teams at Dartmouth on Friday and at Harvard on Saturday. And I'll start with the uh, Dartmouth game. The Big Greens in a three-way tie for tenth with Saint Lawrence and Harvard. I've labeled Dartmouth as a pesky team this year. They, you know, their, their overall record four six and six. Conference play, the Big Greens two three and four. They've played in five overtime conference games, four of which have gone to a shootout. I mean, how do you avoid getting up caught up playing in Dartmouth style and you know, trying to play your style?
1: Well, they're they're really frustrating. Yeah, I think you kind of nailed it on the head with the pesky. Like they're, um, they take away your time and space. They're they're annoying all the time when they. You know they they just defend that hard and they they play a responsible game with a lot of structure and um, they they don't give you much so we got to make sure when we get an opportunity we um, you know we make the most of it and that we're just not stopping over pucks like we got to be when we touch that puck we got to move on on touch and be active and try to spread them out.
0: Yeah, you sort of answered my other question was you mentioned the word frustrating because I was going to ask you what is it about Darwin that makes him frustrating to play?
1: It, it's. I mean, honestly, I think it's one of the hardest atmospheres to play in, in college hockey. Like, it's a, it's a big rink, and it's just um, you know, it's it's it can, it can you can have the a huge you know range of like it can be packed in there, it can be just crickets, so you don't know what you're gonna get. Um, it, it, it's a tough place to play, and they always compete so hard. So it, it, it's definitely a hard place to
0: play. I've, I've always enjoyed going to Thompson Arena. So I think it's one of the more underrated buildings in uh, ECAC hockey. It's got great sight lines and the press box on the side, and you're up high enough. And I, I've always enjoyed my trips there.
1: Yeah, there's good lighting, and, I mean, it's just <laughs> – when they have fans it's great and when they don't it's you know but uh, for us it, it doesn't matter we got to control our own energy and, and make sure we're ready to go
0: yeah cuz you went there last year lost one nothing in the last uh, road game of the season I mean that was, it was had to be that had to be tough you know, cuz i think you were pretty if i recall you were playing pretty well just couldn't get that goal yeah we had you
1: know they have, they have a really good goalie he's a big big body and he took up you know we just had some chances couldn't finish and um you know they made the most of their one opportunity there mm-hmm.
0: Well, it's Harvard on Saturday. The Crimson have been a major disappointment this season, though, Josh. 2-5-3 in ECAC hockey play, 2-10-3 overall. They snapped a nine-game losing streak last Saturday with a one nothing win at Yale. I mean, they've played just four home games this season. Are you surprised how much uh, Harvard has struggled this year?
1: Uh, Shocked, to be honest. I think they're, like, it's scary when you, you, you look at their lineup, and I think they have, you know, nine or so NHL draft picks and, you know, tons of talent, and um, I— I, I think they're as scary of a team as, as you you can see in college hockey just because, you know, especially if they get rolling. So, um, you know, we got to stay above them and, and make, them, make it difficult for them to play and be physical and hard on them.
0: Do you think the fact that mean they've had a lot of players leave early has maybe taken a toll a little bit? Oh,
1: no question. I mean, I think you look at the guys that they've lost in the last couple years. I mean, it, it's an NHL team. I mean, the amount of guys that are, that are gone. So they do a great job developing their players and, you know, getting them off to pro hockey. And, um, you know, we got to, we got to jump on them right away.
0: Yeah. That's another arena where it could be packed or not. Some, most times when it's packed, it's the, it's the visiting teams. I mean, I, I don't see many Harvard hockey fans there. So how do you take advantage of the situation if you have more fans there to, you know, take, take control of the game?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's one of the few places that, you know, um, you know, in the ECAC where you can outnumber them. And we typically, um, you know, we travel pretty well to Harvard. So, uh, hopefully we'll see a bunch of people out and you know get out to get out there to see a good game and um, you know <laughs> you know if we can you know jump on them early, hopefully it gets everybody into it and keeps them loud. What do you think
0: will be the key to that game to win it?
1: I, I just think it's how hard we play against them and like we, we can't give them, you know we can't get into a transition game where it's back and forth racehorse hockey with them. Like they're they're they got some gifted players over there and we got to make it. You know if they get something they got to earn it.
0: We always encourage questions from the listeners on this uh, podcast. And uh, Tom1X is asking, what is the biggest improvement from uh, last year to this year?
1: I, I think that when you look at the group, just the, the buy-in from them um, overall, it, it's been a, a lot of fun. I mean, I think uh, our captains have done an amazing job of just leading this group and getting the guys to, to buy in to be, you know, to want to be their best every single night. Um, you know, I, I I don't think it's perfect yet, where we're you know, you know, extremely consistent, where we exactly know what we're gonna get every night. But it's we may not have it right away, but the guys find it, um, and and every night they've they've given a solid effort. So it's it's an Amazing group to coach, and uh, I'm, I'm really grateful for the effort they put in.
0: I appreciate the question, Tom. Of course, you can uh, email your questions to me at shot at dailygazette.com. Of course, I also posted on XOR on my Facebook page when I um, announced that I'm um, taping the uh, podcast. I was looking, you know, looking at the standings. Um, Union right now tied for fourth with Yale. Uh, just to point out a third place, we— Given everything, I mean, just the way the standings are, I mean, we see Brown in second place this year. I mean, Princeton's up there as well. So you you see Harvard at the bottom of the standings. How crazy has it been with the uh, league this year as far as the standings are concerned? Obviously, Quinnipiac's running away with it. It doesn't matter who's going to finish behind them.
1: Well, I I think you've kind of seen anyone can beat anyone (laughs) except for maybe (laughs) Quinnipiac right now. Nobody's found a way to do that. But um, I I think – it's it's one of those things that like if if you can string some games together and just continue to bank points, you know you you might find yourself in that top four, which, um, you know I, I think you know there's some teams right now that, you know, historically have been in that, and that you know you look at the Harvard and, um, you know, we're, we're trying to fight to get up there, and we, that's where we want to be consistently. So the fact that you know we're halfway through the season, we're getting close to that halfway point, and um, we're still in the mix is is fun, and it, it makes for exciting hockey.
0: I mean it's obviously critical to get those uh, six points this weekend
1: yeah like I mean for us right now we gotta you know try to find a way to bank points every single night and
0: um you know for us it's <laughs> you know you got you gotta do it on the road yeah I may have asked you this question before and I apologize for asking again if I did uh, I talked with ECAC commissioner Doug Christensen earlier this week uh for my opening face off column in Thursday's podcast and was talking to him about the uh, if the league is considering moving the uh uh, conference tournament the campus sites which the National Collegiate Hockey Conference is doing in a couple of years that they that they announced about a month or so ago. Well, w- would you like to see that or should the conference stay with uh, having its uh, championship round in, in Lake Placid? Uh,
1: I mean I, I would be open to the fact of looking at campus sites I, I think it's it's a cool atmosphere when you do have it. Um, I really enjoy Lake Placid um, for for me when you know I've been to be able you know to be a part of it. Um, some of the most memorable games in my coaching career. And um, I, I just think it's it's a great atmosphere and, a, you know, a historic place to go to. So, um, you know, luckily for us, it's not that far away. Um, but, for you know, for some teams, I know it is a bit of a travel. So... Um, yeah, I, I enjoy it there. I think the the biggest knock on it would probably be the, just the cost of hotels.
0: Yeah. I know the one year what they had it on camera sites was because of the COVID year, then 20, uh, 2021 season. I mean, what was that? that the Clark, I think the Clarks ended up not playing. Yeah, we, uh, yeah. we ended up having to uh,
1: forfeit in the semifinals. So um, we played the whole season with no fans, which was – you know, it was an interesting
0: experience. Yeah. So, all right, Josh, appreciate uh, this, and we'll talk after the games on uh, this weekend. Sounds good. All right, that's Josh Algie, and as I mentioned, I'll be talking with Doug Christensen. I also speak with Burlington, Vermont sports talk show host and Shenandoah High School graduate Brady Farkas, about the end of the Bill Belichick era with the New England Patriots. I'll also have interviews with members of the Union Men's and Women's Hockey Teams. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of the Daily Gazette Company. The Parting Shots Podcast is a production of the Daily Gazette Company. I'm Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Shots. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots Podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good sports.